Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Henke. Today, we're going to talk about seed treatments, how a seed gets its coating, how on-seed protection works, and how to choose what treatments are the best for your situation. And joining me today is Chad Vest. He's a seed care specialist manager for the West Heartland Commercial Unit with Syngenta. Chad, thanks for being here today, and we'll get started right after this. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and build up on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. As crop producers start considering the seed they'll be planting next season, they also have to consider how that seed is going to perform in their conditions. So, Chad, that leads us to various seed treatments. Can you tell us why are seeds treated? I think the most obvious to producers is to protect from disease and insects and most most, most recently, soybean cyst nematode. And just to speak to that a little bit deeper, as you look at seeds, you look at the establishment of the stand, it's, it's critically important that we, that we protect from disease. And, and as producers pay more and more for their seed, it's even more important that we protect the yield potential that's in that seed through innovation, through, through seed treatments. And then also, more notably, the early season plant vigor that seed treatments provide. So it can actually affect the quickness of how fast the canopy closes, which can be pretty surprising to some people. But, you know, how does that affect weed control and the cost that we're paying today and the, the struggles that we have with weed control? It can be critically important. And then the last point is really around long-term stress mitigation. You know, we know that seed treatments protect the roots. They protect the early season root proliferation, which in turn can really protect the, the root mass as that growing season progresses, which, which really is a, is a pretty significant defense against in-season drought tolerance, for example, but also as it relates to nutrient uptake. It can also have a very, very large impact on nutrient uptake. So all those play a very big role in the reasons why we use seed treatments and why the, why the inception and the frequency of seed treatments is what it is today. Now, can you explain the process? When are seeds treated? How and with what? Most of the seeds uh, in the Midwest are actually treated what we call downstream. And so what that means is that they're actually treated at the seed dealer's locations. And so seed dealers have made large investments in their in their seed treating equipment, sometimes up to the tune of $100,000 or more, actually, to be able to provide these treatments on the seed. So less than about 20% of the seed treatments are actually treated over the winter months upstream at, at seed companies' facilities, where 80% or, or maybe even higher today is treated downstream at the seed dealer locations. And how do they do that? What kind of processing is involved? Sure. And the way that the process actually works is, again, they make this investment in their in their equipment. And this equipment, basically, most all of the seed treatments currently are, are liquid-based materials. And so these liquid-based materials actually are applied to the seed. And then the seed actually goes through a chemical process where it actually applies this material onto the seed. And then actually goes through a little bit of a mechanical process where it actually rubs the seed together to make sure that we get uniform protection, uniform coverage on that seed. Does color mean anything? You've got pink dyes, blue dyes. We get the question a lot. What is the importance? In a lot of cases, when you look at the quality, is is oftentimes determined by the evenness of the coat. And I'll tell you that that is a very poor uh, determination of quality. 
the actual color is of very little importance. It's more an aesthetic feel of the producer. What's more important is the active ingredients and actually how that product was formulated. So what a lot of people recognize is that these seed treatments, they come in at various different formulations. And I would encourage producers to really check with their seed dealers and, and see if their formulations are what we call premixes. Premixes are actually formulated products where they take the active ingredients and they actually formulate those products together. And by doing that, it actually makes, for example, a keg or the product, the solution that's actually applied to the seed, it makes it one mixture. And so the physical and chemical properties are all one, where there's a lot of products that are out there that are more uh, custom blended type of materials where we're taking materials, putting them in a keg, and the compatibility might not be what we would expect. And so that, as you can imagine, causes some inherent challenges with application. Do the different colors mean different things, like what it's treated with? No, the colors, the most notable color is red in the industry today. And actually, the color really has nothing to do with what is actually on the seed itself. Now, there are some in the Pacific Northwest with some of the wheat crops in the Pacific Northwest. The, the color does denote some things. But in far as the Midwest and, and most notably soybeans, color has no determination on what's actually on the seed. Thank you, Chad. We're going to talk about selecting the right seed treatments for you right after this. When it comes to seed treatments, the color's often the same, but the performance isn't. That's why you need to look under the hood to know just what ingredients you're getting in your coating. With Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products, you get the kind of industry-leading fungicides and insecticide that are proven to boost your soybeans' root health and vigor. So don't just plant any red seed treatment. Ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. Chad, producers have so many different types of seed treatments to navigate through when they're going through their purchases and their selections. Can you kind of give us some advice on uh, how to determine what you need and what you don't need? As you look at choosing the right treatment, I think the product itself is, is important. So we talked a little bit about from a formulation perspective, but also rate, uh, the rate of the actual active ingredients, the efficacy on those seed treatments to protect against disease, insects, and nematodes is very important. And there is, there is a very large range within the industry on how much of these active ingredients themselves are on the seed. And so it's very important that you work with your seed dealer to make sure that your seed dealer understands not only your geography, but also from your own farm, the performance goals of the crop, the yield potential, the profit, all those things go into play when, when determining a, the right seed treatments on your farm. Are there any times when a um, producer may not want a seed treatment? If you think back to the disease triangle that we that we use so often when it comes to seed treatments, you really need the host, you need the pathogen, you also need the environment. And and it's obvious that we have the host, the pathogen. It's not obvious to all, but it is in the soil. These diseases are in the soil. They're mostly soil-borne diseases. And so they are there. It's just a matter of the environment. And And today, with modern agriculture, we really push planting dates earlier and so as we push those planting dates earlier, we create an environment that is more conducive for disease. And so as we create this environment that's more conducive to disease, the prevalence of these diseases do definitely rear their ugly head. And so are there situations? Yeah, I think there definitely are situations where we do not need seed treatments, most notably around some of the fringe areas. For example, if you were to take soybean cyst nematode and you look at the western front of bean production, western part of the Dakotas, for example, or the western part of Nebraska, 
how much soybean cyst nematode pressure do we have in those areas? And I think it's it's probably relatively low there, but I will say in the state of Iowa, it's more likely than not. It's in virtually every field within the state of Iowa. So as you look at nematodes, I think there's a, there's a situation today where I think it's in some areas we might not need the nematode protection. But it, when it comes to disease and insects, it's really hard to predict the frequency of those pathogens and pests especially insects. Insects can be very damaging. If you look at below ground and above ground insects, we know visually we've seen the damage above with defoliation and we've seen the stand loss underground and what they can do. And, and it's really difficult to predict the frequency of those, of those pests and, and pathogens. Now, do you advise producers to examine a seed lot before they buy it to make sure it's good quality? And, and if so, how does a producer decide that? And I think as far as from a seed quality perspective, I think there's a lot of trust given to seed companies today. And I think the standards are pretty high. Now, as it relates to seed treatments, I think a couple of very important things that, that need to be considered is, again, it, it really starts with the product. What products are being used? And is it a nationally recognized brand? There's a lot of products out here that are getting thrown into the market that are very inferior in formulation rate and also active ingredients. So be very cautious about that. But then secondly, we talked a little bit about the process. And the process is, is not one that's real simple. It's one that, again, requires quite a bit of money, quite a bit of investment from your seed dealer. And I think it's very important that you're having that conversation with your seed dealer if, for whatever reason, if it's a uniformity of the seed coverage or if it's something of that sort or it's performance in the field, you have that discussion with your seed dealer and take a look at his equipment. You know, is his equipment old? I mean, some of this equipment out here might be 15 upwards of 20 years old. And I think you, you need to make sure that he's staying on the cutting edge as far as the technologies with an application because there are some significant differences. And then the other thing is just how is the seed being delivered? So if you think about... After it leaves the applicator, is it going into a, a pro box, a black box? Is it being delivered right into a tender, for example? You know, what does that process look like? And what are some of the things that might be causing some potential damage to the seed that might be affecting performance of the seed? Okay. Thank you, Chad. We're going to talk a little bit about safety and transportation of treated seeds right after this. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and buildup on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. When you're hauling your treated seed during transportation and handling and so forth, how do you avoid dust off problems? Well, I think dust off, I think it's one of those things where I think it's relatively minimal from the amount of seed treatment loss that comes from dust, but it is something that we probably need to talk a little bit more about and discover. And and it really, again, it goes back to, first of all, the product. I mean, is the product formulated to adhere to the seed? You know, in a lot of cases, we might be putting three fungicides, maybe four fungicides, an insecticide, potentially a nematicide on the seed. So a lot of different components that are actually going on the seed. And so their ability to play nice together and adhere to the seed is critically important as it relates to not only dust off, but also rub off. Think about how a lot of these seeds travel through, whether it be seed tubes, whether it be planter boxes and those sorts of things. It's critically important. And so as the seed actually leaves the applicator, I think it's important that we recognize the we want to handle the seed as less amount as we possibly can. And so for a lot of applicators, because they're maybe working with some challenging materials, 
they may dump the box one or two times just to ensure that the flowability is that. But I guess first and foremost, I think it's important that we follow the equipment manufacturers that race the planner. So we talk about graphite, we talk about talc, we talk about the need for those. It's probably more critically important, actually, with seed treatments than, than untreated seeds. And not only for the dust-off, but for the handlers themselves having protection from those chemicals that are on the outsides of those seeds. What are some safety tips that you have? Sure. I think all labels, as you look at from an applicator standpoint, we definitely have PPE-type standards that we want these applicators to make sure that at the planters themselves, I think it's important that, you know, if you do see dust off, if it is evident, just make sure that, you know, potentially wearing a a dust mask, if there's a lot of dust, you know, wind can play a big role, how the dust is moved around within the area. And there's a substantial amount of seed that's being loaded into the planters at at one time. Just make sure that, you know, if possible, you know, be upwind from any of the dust off that might be occurring at the planter, if there is any dust off. Like I said, I think From a formulation perspective, I think the industry has done a really good job at limiting that level of exposure at the planter. Is there anything else you wanted to share with uh, listeners on what's coming down the pike or anything else about seed treatments you'd like them to know? Well, I think just, you know, stay informed. Um, You know, we're starting to see a lot of products that are being sold in the industry that may not have the rates that are desired to alleviate the issues that are out there for the producers. And as we move forward, there's a lot of money being invested in the seed treatment space, uh, a lot of innovations that are occurring today, whether it be in the nematicide market or whether it be in the disease side of the business or you see more with biologicals currently. I would throw a little bit of caution in the wind. Just make sure that you're, you're understanding you're working with your seed dealers and working with your crop protection people on you know what actually is in there because the last thing that we want is to have materials that are applied out here that maybe don't provide the benefits that the producers demand. Thank you very much, Chad Vest, for sharing your expertise on seed treatments with us today. I'm Jody Henke, and thank you for listening to this podcast edition of Successful Farming. 